there's space for me to do all of this. There's space for me to be a dope corporate marketer. Yeah. There's space for me to be a serial entrepreneur. And there's space for me to be an investor. When you have things on your table that you equally enjoy, you figure it out. You don't have to be inside of a box. You don't have to be one thing. Yeah. You can be multifaceted and multi-purpose. And the sooner you embrace that, the better. And the, the, the better you can do at planning and prioritizing your time. Welcome to the She Shines podcast with your hosts, brand photographer and serial entrepreneur, Anna Laura, and super proud career woman with a passion for entrepreneurship, Alex. Tune in for some connection, community, and girl talk. Plus, join their conversations with other entrepreneurs and professionals who've been there, built that, and are paying it forward. They'll take your burning questions and turn them into actionable steps with a glass of champagne in hand. Here we go. So if last year, you know, the the year who mm-hmm. shall not be named <laughs> taught us anything, it's to expect the unexpected. I think we all learned to swivel, pivot, and adjust. It probably felt like dancing a lot of the times, but... <laughs> Or falling on your face. I don't know. One of the bad dancing, maybe. (laughs) Bad dancing. Learning how to dance. Maybe you handled it gracefully, or maybe you wallowed a little bit before making adjustments. But you know what? We got through it one way or another. We did. And (laughs) the ability to juggle all the things, the ability to adapt, to make those pivots, that's something every entrepreneur will tell you is so, so important and key in their success. Mm -hmm. But what happens when you have developed multiple brands in a space that was possibly one of the most negatively impacted by COVID? The travel industry. (laughs) What do you do? Like any entrepreneur, you swivel, right? And if you're like our guest on this episode, you may end up somewhere you thought you never would end up. Like, wait, the corporate world? I know. I know. I'm so excited for this. And so today we're chatting with Brittany Floyd, and we are learning how this serial entrepreneur found her place in corporate while still keeping her entrepreneurial spirit alive and thriving. Brittany is a social entrepreneur and marketer. She's developed four brands in the tourism and hospitality industry, and she is currently pursuing her MBA. Girlfriend has been to over 40 countries, is extremely curious, and loves connecting people. And she also is going to share her process in turning a passion into a business. She spills the tea not only on the wins, but also mistakes made that other early entrepreneurs can benefit from, as well as some strategies for success. Plus, she's sharing how she's juggling her new space in corporate America while launching her latest endeavor, Wonderless Table, which helps people find ways to have adventures at home and build a community around responsible travel. I just, I love that so much. Mm -hmm. And that's so cool. Yes. And speaking of new adventures and building a community, our mastermind group coaching program is coming very soon, girlfriends. So stay tuned, head to the show notes, go on and sign up for the waiting list. I mean, we have how-to templates coming your way, lessons from top industry entrepreneurs, workbooks. So go on, save your seat, and let's dive in to this episode. Welcome back to the She Shines podcast, everyone. Today, we are so pumped to be chatting with Brittany Floyd. Brittany, say hello to our listeners. Hi, everyone. 
Yay. We are so pumped you're here. We're doing this. I know we're doing it. (laughs) Finally. I know we were just chatting before we hopped on about the last time we all saw each other. And I was like, oh yeah, we saw each other last year. And (laughs) Anna, Laura, and Brittany were like, no, that was two years ago. (laughs) (laughs) Cannot believe it. Time flies. So let's jump in to your business and entrepreneur background. Can you tell us a little bit about your career journey and kind of the leap that you took into entrepreneurship. Take us along with you. Yeah. So I always joke with people because I kind of tell them that I am an accidental entrepreneur because it wasn't something that I even thought was a path for me, but my love for travel actually led me there. And so to be honest, what happened was I was traveling a lot just for fun. I studied abroad in England and it just became a part of my identity and I was showcasing it on social media. And at first it was just to show my mom and my aunts um, and to be able to show some of my friends from college. And after a while it became a part of how they associated me. And it went from them just seeing my profile and being like, hey, that looks really cool that you're in Paris. And wow, next time you're in Cape Town, you have to tell me to people saying, hey, the next time you go somewhere, take me. I'm serious. And so it went from me just traveling about, I think at the time when I first started, I probably had been to 30 countries, you know, with my friends um, from Europe or just going on solo trips um, to people asking to come along. And initially I just did it as a passion project because it was really, really fun. Uh, I realized that after you've been to as many countries as I do, it's really exciting to see it through new eyes Mm. and to be able to give that experience to other people the way that I was able to have it. And travel can be such a beautiful process if you do it in a very intentional way. And so I kind of took the role of making sure that people had that good experience because if you guys, you know, you've you've traveled before, you can have a lot of mishaps. There's a lot of things that can go wrong. Mm -hmm. Um, You can stay in the wrong neighborhood. You can go to the wrong restaurants. You Mm -hmm. can go places that only look good on Instagram. Mm -hmm. And you have to really have a balance. And so I just took that task on. It was just like, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to show everybody how life-changing travel is. And I want them to be able to experience it the way I do. And then after a while, Um, I actually started making out these really elaborate itineraries and things like that. And I took my very first two people that I took to Thailand. They told me, they were like, Hey, like this was actually really cool. And I'm just like, okay, see, I'm very good at my, at my passion. But then fast forward a year and a half and I had 15 people with me in Bogota, Colombia. Wow. And I am actually a tour guy, like a tour operator, you know, I am like, coordinating with all these vendors. I'm making sure that we have the right nightlife, the right food, the right accommodations, um, you know, coordinating taxis and making sure that people have um, the unique things that they would do on a trip. And so I'm Mm -hmm. looking for things for them to do on their free time. And one of my friends pulled me aside and he said, look, you have to stop doing this for free. He's like, you need to turn this (laughs) into a business. Like you're working really, really hard. And I thought about it and I was like, 
whoa. He's like, yeah, I want to pay you. And I was like, you want to pay me? He was like, yes, <laughs> I want to pay you for this. Like, you have to stop doing this for free. And so that was about, you know, about a year and a half in. And so once that happened, I really had to do some self-reflection. And I thought, well, okay, how do I make this happen? <laughs> and so I just started trying things. I had already been doing like a travel resource blog called Go Someplace Now. It's defunct at the moment, but I had, I was already doing kind of like a travel blog. Um, so I decided to use that brand to turn into a group travel company. Mm. And so I started to really um, learn on the fly, everything was on the fly with that first company because it, I went from just having a little travel blog that I updated sometimes and sometimes brought like guest bloggers on just as a resource to turning it into a group travel operation, wow. <laughs> which is a lot harder. And so yeah. I learned a lot of lessons, you know, I learned a lot of lessons with partnerships and with, you know, all these kinds of things, what kind of vendors to work for, mm -hmm. you know, work with all these things. Um, and so then that venture, I felt like I really wanted to make it more of a social impact company. And the partner that I was working with at the time, he kind of wanted to take in a different direction. And so I split off and I started Everyday Globe Chatter with my other partner. And it was an incredible ride because I had learned so much already from the first business. And, um, and then when I stepped out on my own last year with Ann Travel Co., it was just really exciting because I had learned so much. I had like the mm -hmm. website was perfect. I had an idea of like who my target market was and all these things. And so all of these experiences like led up because of that one moment when I was in Bogota with my friend who said, hey, you should, I want to pay you for this. You should be doing this for real. And and I had to get a lot more serious. I had to do a lot of research. I had to see what the what was happening in the industry and see where I sat where I fit and also just mm -hmm. understanding what my niche was. I think that's mm -hmm. sometimes probably the hardest part is trying to figure out, okay, so travel is this really, really broad thing. Yeah. What do I do the best and who are my clientele and how can I serve them the best? Ooh. So right, like, we get really excited about that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, yes. <laughs> no. Um, and so I realized that like everyone that came with me, they were all like millennials. They were all people who had gone to college. They had, you know, had like life, like experiences that opened them up to new things. They may not have all traveled, but they all had like an open mind and mm. were a little bit more globally aware. And mm. they also, you know, had um, we have like I think millennials in general we like to have places that are like trendy and cool <laughs> and places that people can kind of even they feel like they'll meet other people like them sure so I really started to hone in on what that niche was and so yeah that's how I started being an entrepreneur it was by accident it just happened <laughs> because of my passion and then as I started going up throughout the years, it's been about six years now. Um, I've now, I just have the love now for brand building, um, mm -hmm. for building communities, for connecting. I, I love collaborations. Like it, whenever there's like a collaboration that just like, I never would have thought of but that makes sense. It gets me so excited. Like Beyonce and Pendleton or whatever happened just <laughs> earlier this year. Yeah. Like I just love great collaborations. I love, you know, I realize that there are parts of me um, that really enjoy strategy and scaling businesses and so mm -hmm. my passion opened me up to so much more 
in the entrepreneurial world. And I have learned a lot. And now I am in a business program, which will give me more tools to yes. do bigger things. So I'm really excited about this. But yeah, so that's how I started. That's so incredible. Good. So incredible. Yeah. So we're incredible, just, Brittany. So excited for you and, and where, you know, the direction all this is taking you. And just really, I know we both admire how you've really use this time to, to reflect on your experiences and how, like you said, like, what am I, what am I best at mm-hmm. and how can I serve others that way? And then more specifically, who exactly am I going to serve? And, mm-hmm. and just figuring out like what makes, you know, people that you enjoy working with, first of all, um, what makes them tick? What is their, their love and how can you bring that to them in the best way? I think that is amazing. And I know you've learned, you mentioned so many lessons that we can't <laughs> wait to dive into. Mm-hmm. It's been yeah. a long journey. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it has been. And, but you've done so much. I, I mean, mm-hmm. even switching partners when you realized, you know, it wasn't in alignment with your vision and then finding someone who was, and then, you know, finally kind of learning enough to be like, all right, I can do this on my own mm-hmm. now. And, and the fact that it wasn't like, boom, 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 you know, like you took the yeah. time, like Anna Laura said, to learn and really live in that experience and do the market research and, and actually have a plan, <laughs> you know, to <laughs> figure out those next steps. So you, you mentioned a little bit about your MBA and, uh, we, we love a women, woman decorated in degrees girl. So we're so excited. Can yes. you, you recently went back to school. And so can you tell us <laughs> what made you want to get your MBA and how are you adjusting with the entrepreneurial side? We have a lot of women in our community who mm-hmm. are going back to grad school or pursuing higher education for themselves, but they still have those entrepreneurial passions just like yourself. So how are you juggling both right now? Yeah. So juggling both is definitely challenging. (laughs) (laughs) Not going to lie. It takes a lot of focus, a lot of preparation, a lot of time management, but it's so worth it. To be honest, uh, my background, I have a bachelor's in international affairs, but the program was so broad that I actually was able to take a lot of business courses. So back then I realized I have an interest in international business, but I I didn't see a career path for myself that made sense. I'm like, uh, I kind of explain it to people. I grew up in a town that is full of hippies and my mom's a hippie and we all just really (laughs) care about people and the earth. And, you know, it's Mm -hmm. it's like, how do you go work for a corporation after that? You know, like when you have that kind of upbringing. Um, Mm -hmm. So it didn't seem like a linear path for me. I didn't, I didn't see it for myself. Um, And then when I got done with school, I realized that all of the do good jobs were not paying me enough, to be honest. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I really, I didn't want to go and make pennies and work in international development and hopefully one day get to a point where I can sustain myself. And so I have this kind of balance between how do I make a living for myself, one that I can have a comfortable life and build a legacy mm-hmm. for my family, while also upholding my morals and values. And so I didn't quite know yet. So what I decided to do was just to focus on entrepreneurship. I had already started my first business at the time. And so I just continued to do that. And so for a few years, I was just running my businesses. And then uh, it was great because last year I launched and Travel Co. And I had a really, really big year planned for 2020. Oh. I had... 
four trips on my own and I had three partnership trips for retreats and things like that. So it was like my biggest year as a travel entrepreneur and it was on my own with my own company, with my own vision. And so it was really, really exciting. And then March hit. Yeah. And the COVID pandemic completely <sighs> changed the travel industry. And mm. I'm not going to lie to you, the first three months of that after like I think uh the stay at home order stay at home order went on for Philly like maybe like March 15th or something mm-hmm. so from that moment on I knew that my life had changed and for the first month or so I kind of just sat around to be honest I just like watched yeah. stuff on Netflix and I wasn't quite sure what I was going to do because my whole life was travel I worked as a flight attendant for American Airlines for almost seven years and my, my business was a group travel company and I had just had to cancel a trip that I had coming to Ghana just mm. a few weeks after uh, and just like a lot of cancellations that I had to do indefinitely and so I'm thinking I'm like wow this is probably the biggest loss I've ever taken as an entrepreneur but mm-hmm. at the same time like I've learned so much and so I started to find positive things and so then I started to think I'm like okay so what can I do what have I done and what can I learn and I realized that I had developed three brands and that I had a knack for marketing, especially digital marketing and leadership. I've done a ton of leadership stuff. And so I reached out to a friend of mine who was just finishing up her MBA. And I told her that I had the idea of maybe getting an MBA. You don't tell an MBA student that you maybe want to get an MBA. The next thing <laughs> you know, you'll have an interview with the admissions team. Okay. <laughs> so, so Anyway, I had like a number of schools that I wanted to apply for, but the school that my friend went to actually was the one that I had chose because it, they accepted me a lot earlier. They had a really analytical program, a really good ROI. And honestly, it just felt like a, a really, really, really good fit. And I, I fit right in with everybody in the marketing role. And I, yeah, it was, it, it, it honestly, I'm trying to explain this to people but I, I always resisted going into corporate marketing, to be honest. I always resisted mm-hmm. corporate America in general. But this year has been phenomenal in the way that it has brought a lot of social issues to the forefront, especially for companies. Yeah. And so I was able to talk with them open and honest about what my expectations were to be an employee at that company and what I needed from them. And I was able to find a company that I'm going to intern with next year that has representation of people who look like me, women, people of color in Mm. these higher up marketing and management roles. And so I realized that all along, I just needed to find a company that supported me. You know, it wasn't about, whether or not it was a big company or a small company or all these things. And honestly, I got really excited because as an entrepreneur, you work with a very limited amount of resources. When you go to a company that's big, you have every resource that you can ever think of. All the creative things that you've ever wanted to do, you can do it there. And whether or not I stay forever, you know, <laughs> um, who knows, you know. But the thing is, is that I get to learn so much. I get to actually actualize all the things all my creativity at one place and so I think that I started to see that there was a lot of value in that Mm -hmm. 
-hmm. And so, yeah, the, the, the switch was really, really big, really, really, really big. But it honestly was the most amazing year of my life. I realized mm -hmm. that all the things that I've studied, all the things that I've done, they all came together. Like, for example, the companies I'm going for, they want somebody who has an entrepreneurial mindset who's great, who's creative, check, who is check, passionate, check. you know, has, <laughs> you know, who, and who's someone who's just willing to, to let their curiosity lead them. That's and great. That's literally mm -hmm. like the core of what they want, you know, and that's something that I have had to come to terms with. That's who I am, you know, mm -hmm. and trying to figure out what my skills really got me, especially immediately after COVID, everything shut down because yeah. all of my experience is in hospitality and tourism. Mm -hmm. And so 15 years of experience in this industry and I cannot, I don't have a backup, you know? <laughs> and so yeah. it, it was really one of those moments where I'm like, what skills do I even have? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> many skills. So many, like, so do? many skills. It's a hard <laughs> question too. And yeah. And it, it's so important though, two things that you mentioned was one, having, doing that kind of self audit, like what, what can I do? What have I done? What, what else can I learn? You know? And, and also the second thing in, in going for this kind of new chapter of your life and, and working for this company, you had to have such a stronghold on who you are as a person mm -hmm. to be able to make mm -hmm. these big decision, big decisions, excuse me. And, you know, again, we, we just love having these conversations with women like yourself because it is such a, it's such a testament to not kind of not trying to go from zero to 60 when you start something and mm -hmm. really living in your experiences and getting to know yourself and who you are and really what does excite you, right? And who do you enjoy yeah. thing? And, and without having those three companies before and doing it for free for so long and, and then getting hit by COVID, without all of that, you wouldn't be in the position you are right now. So it's just, it is so beautiful how everything kind of just, you know, kind of pieced together, I was gonna say fell together, pieced together. <laughs> um, but I just really love that those two main things of, you know, yeah. doing that self audit of yourself and, and really knowing who you are. So you can say yeah. yes to opportunities when they come your way, ladies, you gotta know who you are. I was gonna say, I, I definitely agree. Those are two, two attributes of pretty much, I think most anyone we've interviewed so far mm -hmm. that we've had on this podcast, the ability to reflect on the lessons and the mistakes you've learned in order to, to move forward and grow. So being able to self audit and also being able to get in touch with who you are, like being, being reflective. I think when you start the entrepreneurial journey, mm -hmm. you don't even realize their skills, but as you go and as you, as you reflect and as you no. realize, you know, you get good at <laughs> learning lessons and taking them moving forward. Um, so yeah, definitely. I, I just think that's so great. And I love those questions you asked, like Alex mentioned, what can I do? How, what have I done and what can I learn? So yeah. and you, just to kind of wrap yeah, up the question you asked, yeah. you asked me, um, how do I balance that with how do I balance yes. my new <laughs> career with entrepreneurship? And I will say that that was probably one of the questions that I asked myself every day this summer. Because like I explained to you in the beginning, I'm a serial entrepreneur and it's just something that happens even when you're not trying, you think of new ideas all the time and it's just about how you implement them, right? And so all summer I'm thinking, how do I, 
how do I maintain my identity? Like, how do I not give away who I am? And it goes down to the company I chose again. I started mm -hmm. asking employees who work there about whether or not they are able to have other ventures. I started mm -hmm. looking at LinkedIn to see, you know, do people have other things listed on their, on their LinkedIn, you know, under their companies. And I saw that the mm -hmm. company that I chose, they actually allow for people to have a life outside of work. And they're okay with you doing your projects and doing your things as long as you get your work done. And the good thing is, is that during my program, it's a full-time two-year program, I'm using this time to study and to launch this new business that is more of a travel lifestyle brand for people at home. And so to kind of embrace my new identity and a lot of people who are going through similar things, because a lot of us are at that stage in our life where we want to buy a house. We want to maybe get married and start a family and we can't backpack around Europe anymore, but we still <laughs> want to have that community and we still want to have these conversations and we still want people to share with and we still want things in our home to remind us of all these places or to inspire mm -hmm. us and so I'm taking this time to build out this brand that will allow people to really find adventures at home mm -hmm. and so I'm not stopping either of them <laughs> I'm just gonna do you know my corporate marketing job and I'm also gonna be an entrepreneur it's just yes. what I do and it's who I am and I've come to realize that and I've also started to learn a lot about the venture capital world I'm a part of a fund um, that is student-led in my school and I just realized that there's space for me to do all of this there's space for me to be a dope corporate marketer yeah. there's space for me to be a serial entrepreneur and there's space for me to be an investor so mm -hmm. I'm just learning and understanding and trying to figure out what I can do when and prioritizing when I can. And um, I know that I'm on the right path and I'm starting to trust myself a little bit more because I didn't maybe five years ago, but now mm -hmm. I know I just, when something, when you're, when you have things on your table that you equally enjoy, you leave them on the table and you, you figure it out. You don't have to be inside of a box. You don't have to be one thing. Yes. You can be multifaceted and multi-purposed and the sooner you embrace that, the better and the, the, the better you can do at planning and prioritizing your time. Oh, so beautifully said, because as you know, we serve multi-passionate women. So women yes. who work full-time <laughs> careers and want to grow some, you know, pursue something in their entrepreneurial spirit on the side or maybe run multiple businesses. Um, so I just hearing that from you, I know really sparked something in me. Um, so thank you so much for, for saying that. I already know that's going to be the clip that we play at the beginning of this yes. episode. Yes. <laughs> That was beautifully said. So when it comes to prioritizing, like you said, what advice do you have for multi-passionate women who maybe don't know how mm -hmm. to juggle all these things? They just feel like their, their table is filling up and they don't know what to move around. Yeah, absolutely. I think that that's just another part of the self-edit. Um, mm -hmm. It's just thinking about what kind of free time do you have in your everyday life? What could you be more efficient with? Mm -hmm. and just understanding that you cannot do everything at once. But right. what you can do is a little bit at a time. And so what I kind of have done for myself is I kind of block out like quarters. And so if this quarter I'm going to focus, for example, right now I'm focusing on, on launching Wanderlust Table. So 
most of my free time goes to that. But then once I get it to a point where it can, with my team and with myself, it can, it's, it's the foundation is already built. Maintenance is easy. You know, it's just, Mm -hmm. you know, you just check in and you do things. So it's about taking that time to really get the foundation solid and all you need after that point is maintenance. And then you can add on another project. You can't do everything at once. That's true. But once you get the foundation built, or you get a team in place, or you figure out a way to automate whatever you're doing or whatever it may be, you know, once you find a method and once you find a, a way to really have not much thought process going into the everyday operations, then you can add on other projects. And mm-hmm. also too, there's just, sometimes you have to work on weekends. And, and the thing is, is that <laughs> yes. for me, I, what I've done now is I have a Wanderlust table block on my Sunday for three hours. And it's a work block that I have in my calendar. Mm-hmm. And that is pretty much all that I'll do. I don't work mm-hmm. the entire weekend. I make sure now more than ever to connect with my people, to connect with myself, to have mm-hmm. some time down because you can't wear yourself out because when you burn out, then you, you really, your reputation is tainted. You know, you don't feel good. Your own self-worth is down. So what I do is I just, I just block out that time and I use it for either Wanderlust Table or for Ann Travel, just for some basic maintenance and things like that. Um, but I do work on my weekends. So that's the thing is that I do work a lot, but I make sure that I block out this time and I make sure that I don't bring on any new projects until I've got a rhythm or a process for what I'm doing first. And mm. the thing is, is that it's all of that, but depending on your life cycle or where you are, you also have to have support mm-hmm. from the people around you. So if you have a partner or if you have family, you have to be able to communicate to them how important it is for you to do this. And if, they, if it's healthy and it's great, then they will, they will say, oh, she needs to take this three hours on Sunday. I know she really cares about this. I'm going to leave her alone. I'm going to take the dog outside. You know, and so you just have to have people in your corner who understand how important it is to you and don't shame you for working for three hours on Sunday. Yes. (laughs) So so that's that's the thing. So Mm -hmm. to be multi-passionate, you have to sometimes give up a little bit, but you can plan it so that, say, you do it from 9 to 12. You don't miss brunch. You can still go to brunch. You can still, have you can still do laundry. You can still prep for the week. You can mm-hmm. still watch movies in the evening and have yeah. cocoa or whatever. So you just got to be strategic about when you do it, you know, yeah. and set your boundaries with the people in your life. Yeah. Oh, I love all of this, Brittany. Mm-hmm. Especially, <laughs> I can so much relate. Island era. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, can so much relate as someone who works full time and, you know, obviously is running She Shines with Anna Laura. A lot oh, of, so I do a, the bulk of my work on the weekends and it takes a lot of communication and planning, you know, with the people in your life. Like, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm working, but also the fact that it's something I want to do as I'm sure for you, it's something yeah. you want to do. It's not like, Oh, I have to work on the weekend, you know, I'm excited to dive into projects and and catch up on what needs Mm -hmm. to be done. Um, But you gave so many beautiful tips, especially for the multi-passionate women in our community on prioritizing their schedule and and avoiding burnout. Um, You talked a little bit too about, which we preach all the time. I know Academy members are listening. um, When the foundation is built, you said maintenance is easy. And we are just huge fans of 
making sure our community members have a strong foundation before they do anything in their business. Um, so we were curious, what are some of the kind of components for you in terms of having a strong brand foundation? Yeah. So I think that like having a, a, a strategy in general, mm-hmm. understanding what, what my brand promise is and making sure that I have built out systems that allow me to fulfill that. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of what I do is just to make sure that I have my content created, make sure that I have, like, if I wanted to do some partnerships that I've, you know, hashed out all the operations, making sure that my website's up to date, you know, all these operational things, having like a schedule for when I'm going to update or making sure that I just have a, that I'm, I have a strategy and that I have these small um, incremental steps that I can take. And just making sure that anything that I do, I have like a set process and I'm still working mm-hmm. on that, making sure that like, like, for example, um, like when COVID happened and I, I wasn't sure what to do with my business, yeah. I didn't really update the website too much. You know? <laughs> and I was just like, okay, next time anything, anything like this happens, I'll have this process where I'm like, okay, this is what I'll post. This is how often, this is how I can change it and things like that. Mm. So I think it's, you're learning on the fly always, but I think that it's just about getting processes in place for everything that's necessary for your business. And it's different for every business and for every part of your business. But the more that you can add processes that make you not have to think about things, making <laughs> templates, you know, <laughs> templates and whatever yes. it is, you know, sometimes it's hiring a contractor <laughs> because the something that you do takes way too long and it just, it just makes more sense to just hire someone to do it. It sure does. <laughs> uh, so just like understand, <laughs> you know, so there's just like all these things that you can do to kind of better build a foundation, but the foundation is built on processes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, we absolutely Great. love this. This is music to our ears. Like, mm-hmm. you know, you mentioned, so just to review, just to recap some of your foundational components are knowing what your brand promise is like knowing your mission, knowing your purpose mm-hmm. and who you're serving, having mm-hmm. systems created creating that content and also having operations and scheduling in place for those systems, for that content and for your brand. Brittany, those are awesome. <laughs> so yeah, so yeah that, that's what I, that's what I do. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, you also mentioned earlier that you, you really have fallen in love with the brand creation, like that yeah. whole process and specifically online you know, with your background in, in tourism, travel, hospitality, like that industry in itself can get a reputation. Like when people hear travel entrepreneur, they think like a travel blogger who gets paid to blog. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> we, we want to dive in on like specifically for our travel entrepreneurs out there, what misconceptions have you found about, about that industry in the past? Ooh misconceptions. So I think that everyone thinks that you have to be a travel blogger in order to be in this industry when you don't. <laughs> I actually do not like the process of blogging. I found out very early that although I am actually a poet and a writer, that I don't like the blogging and yeah. I like micro blogging. So, okay. so I like Instagram 
because I can tell short stories. I can do like the visual storytelling and things like that. And so I just leaned into the, the type of blogging that I liked. Um, mm -hmm. I didn't have to write a new blog every week about 10 topics of what you should eat in Paris or anything like that didn't have to have any partnerships with hotels mm -hmm. and, and bring on products that I didn't like or I didn't support. Um, mm -hmm. For me, it's all about making sure that I stay authentic. And so when people offer me these kinds of partnerships, if it doesn't align with me, then I don't take it. Mm -hmm. And so people think that they have to just take all these things or they have to do this, you know, Instagram lifestyle on there to be able to be a successful travel entrepreneur. When honestly, mm -hmm. most of my business did not come from, well, it, it started like the, the interest sparked on social media, but mm -hmm. my product spoke for itself because most of my marketing was actually word of mouth and referral marketing. So mm -hmm. when people look at, for example, Anne Travel Co's Instagram, they're thinking like, how is this person selling out every trip they, <laughs> they put on? There's only like, I don't know, 300 followers or something you know, on my new account that I started last year. And it's because I have such a strong brand promise that I've delivered and, and above that. And so my clients mm -hmm. tell everyone, they tell everyone, and then, <laughs> and then everyone tells everyone. And every time I have to like, I just sell out, you know, and it's just one of those things where you have this idea that you have to have 10,000 plus followers. You have to partner with hotels and you have to, have perfect hair and perfect clothes and all these things when honestly you just have to be authentic. You have to be yourself. And because I have been traveling for over a decade and a lot of my content has been dedicated to that kind of lifestyle um, in some way or the other people, when they see that I'm doing this, it makes sense to them because they've already associated me as somebody who travels and who's in the know and who knows a lot about the world and who has mm -hmm. actually been these places. So I don't have to do all the, you know, perfect hair and things like, of course, I like to look nice. And of course, I like when people send me free things. Sure. But I don't, I don't have to, I don't have to put on a fake lifestyle for anyone sure. in order to, to show something like I've proven that it's possible to have a travel company without having um, this like big old social media following slash blogger lifestyle. Yeah. Um, I just lived the life authentically myself and it draw mm -hmm. and it, and it drew people who are like-minded or who will admire the, the lifestyle and would like to learn from me. Yes. And the, these, every single thing that you just mentioned, I know we're specifically talking about the travel industry, but that is applicable to literally everything. Yeah. I mean, literally any industry that you're in mm -hmm. figuring out and leaning into what you love for you, that was micro blogging and not blogging like long form blogging mm -hmm. and which we feel yeah. <laughs> for sure. Uh, blogging is not our game. Um, but also the fact that you don't need, you know, a ton of followers or, or hotel partnerships mm -hmm. or product partnerships in general you've been able to successfully have this business because of word of mouth and referrals and because you over deliver, mm -hmm. you, you promise above and beyond, and then you go above and beyond that. Um, so really yeah. those are, those are values and skills that literally whatever industry you're in, 
listener, uh, mm-hmm. you can take those and run with them for sure. Yes. I think, I think what you said too is going to scare a lot of people, Brittany, because <laughs> you are, your business is kind of the opposite of what people are kind of, um, tricked into believing mm-hmm. what you need to start a successful online business or be a quote unquote influencer or blogger and newsflash, right? It isn't gain as many followers as mm-hmm. you can blog as much as you can be at every place as much as you can and take 20 million pictures. It's actually just doing what you love, <laughs> not mm-hmm. worrying about how many followers serving your community and just doing the hard work though. I mean, this is all to not to say yeah. that you have not done Mm-hmm. It hasn't been yeah. easy. You've been doing so much hard work. And so I don't want people to lose sight of that, that you have built such an incredible brand surrounding tourism and, and hospitality. But because one, it started with a passion that you had. It didn't start from a need to make money. Two, you did work over a lot of years mm-hmm. <laughs> pivoting and figuring out your your niche, right? Yes. And three, you were not focused on vanity metrics or what people were telling you. You decided, hey, I'm going to go back to school, but I'm going to continue to pour into my community, but I'm going to make sure (laughs) that this new career path is going to allow me to do that. So like I said, sorry, people, if you're scared just a little bit, but (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) to do what you actually want to do, it takes work, it takes (laughs) sacrifice and, you know, but, but you're doing it like this is a testament that it can be done. Um, but we're just, just so, focused on the right areas. Yeah. We're, we're just so grateful that you shared all of this. It, it's mm-hmm. such a, a beautiful lesson and you've done such a, a beautiful job of creating this, this brand. And we're just so excited to see how it's grown, you know, since meeting you and where it's going to go. So thank you. Yeah, I appreciate that. And I, I really think that like, you know, right now was not necessarily the moment for group travel, but mm-hmm. in regards to and travel company, it will always have a focus of just travel lifestyle and building out community, responsible travel and introducing people to things that inspire them. Yes. So I think that the one thing I will say about building a brand is that don't just build a brand for a product, you know, or for just one, build it for a lifestyle, for a purpose, because you can always pivot. You can always do something different with it, but you can keep that same mission. Absolutely. So, yeah. So I'm, I'm so happy to have kind of built out this community. Um, but I'm looking towards the future too. And I I can see that there are a lot of other opportunities that I can take this or a lot of other places that I can take this. Um, But I wouldn't be able to be here without building that brand and without putting in that work. And that's, that's for dang sure. And, and being able to reflect, like we mentioned earlier and do that audit and carry all those lessons forward into your new endeavors. And with that, we would love to know what are you working on? I know we've kind of teased it out a little bit throughout this episode, (laughs) but we'd love to, to learn more about what you're working on and how we can support you. 
Yeah, absolutely. So the new brand that I'm working on, I brought on two really enthusiastic ladies to help me carry it out. That's actually, before I even tell you about the brand, that's another thing about when you have an idea. Sometimes you realize that you could use a partner. <laughs> you can't do it all alone, especially if you're multi-passionate and you have other things yeah. happening. So I decided that I really wanted to move forward with this and I knew that I couldn't do it alone. So I found some people who have the same ethos and the same work style and the same love for travel that I do. And I moved forward. So I'll tell you a little bit about what I'm working on. So essentially, a year ago, uh, or a year or two ago, I came up with this idea for this company called Wanderlust Table. And initially, it was only meant to be a dinner party series for travelers. Mm. And it was something that was a bit of a passion project. It wasn't something that was supposed to make me a whole bunch of money or anything. And that's probably why I was in the back burner for a while because I was kind of <laughs> focusing on, you know, revenue generating ideas, uh -huh. but it was something that I knew I'd do. And when, and I had planned on actually launching it this year during my birthday month, which is October. So when COVID happened, all I could think of was like, oh no, I can't do Wanderlust Table. <laughs> How am I going to do this? <laughs> and then I, I sat with it for a little while and I had been seeing all these really amazing stories about people who had been COVID-proofing their business or who came up with new concepts mm -hmm. based on what they had learned from this pandemic. And I started to think about how could I make this brand COVID proof. <laughs> and so then I had to think about, again, what is the main purpose of this? And I thought, well, as somebody who is a big traveler, when I come home and when I can't travel, what I miss the most is the community of people that I'm around that I can talk about my travels with, that I can dissect them, that I can analyze the things that I've done and just connect with people who get me. You know, I miss mm -hmm. that. So I was like, I want to build that community. But then there's another part of it where I feel like because of the Instagram blogger world, I think that a lot of people don't necessarily take responsibility for their impact as travelers and their understanding of what it means to go somewhere and how you should interact with locals and how to, um, how to appropriately do it in a way that's respectful. Um, mm -hmm. And so I realized that there was a gap and that maybe this, these conversations, I could help develop these conversations and get people thinking more about what it means to be a responsible traveler. And the last bit of it is that I felt like during quarantine, what made me the happiest was decorating my apartment and making it feel worldly and fun and full mm -hmm. of color and like actually doing what I wanted to it. And I realized that there's some, there's a power to bringing the world into your space. Mm -hmm. And so I decided that this brand, Wanderless Table, would not only be just a dinner party series, but a lifestyle brand where we could do mm -hmm. home decor, like travel inspired home decor, as well mm -hmm. as this community events, whether it be the Wanderlust table event itself or a conversation deck that we created that we'll be launching at the beginning of next year. And so 
yeah, I, I, I made it kind of big, <laughs> but yeah. I did definitely COVID proof it. And I think that the COVID proofing actually made it a better business model, one that actually had streams of revenue, but also still had purpose and still had heart. And I brought on a team because I knew that I'd be in school and I knew that I'd be transitioning into corporate marketing. And so I needed mm -hmm. to have people who could share some of their duties, but who were also passionate. So Absolutely. it made it so wonderful. And we're actually on our way to do our founder photo shoot once I finish this call. Ah, yay! So, yeah, it's so exciting. Fun, we'll be stalking Instagram to see the photo. <laughs> for sure. Speaking yay. of Instagram, we would love to know where can we connect with you? Yes, so you can connect with me on Instagram at Brittany Global, that's B-R-I-T-T-A-N-Y, the way it's supposed to be spelled, Brittany Global. <laughs> and also my no new shade. venture is Wanderlust Table. <laughs> but yeah, my new venture is Wanderlust Table. And my, what I call my like uh, parent brand, which is Ann Travel Company, you can find us at Ann Travel Co. Perfect. And we will link all of that in the show notes so you ladies can go stalk Brittany and all of her amazing travels. So <laughs> we have one last thing before we let you go. This is our rapid fire. She shines question round. Um, so we're going to set the scene. You are at your favorite coffee shop. You're getting ready to order and there's a girl behind you. She taps you on the shoulder. She's like, oh my goodness, this is Brittany Global from Instagram. I've heard so much about your amazing travel programs. She has three questions to ask you and you're going to answer like super quick, one to two words, and then she's going to pay for your pour over Ethiopian blend with oat milk. So number one, she wants to know what is your favorite way to connect with new people? Instagram. Yes. <laughs> We're fans. How, then her next question is, how can I create community in my life for business? You have to start by just reaching out to people. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yes. And last one, how do you get your fill of girl talk? Ooh, I have a group chat that is <laughs> wild and wonderful. <laughs> Love it. You should oh. rename the group chat to wild and wonderful. <laughs> and Wanderlust. <laughs> oh my goodness. That's yeah. perfect. <laughs> next, your next, next, <laughs> next, next business. Yes. <laughs> Oh, uh, well, Brittany, thank you, you so, know. so much. Tell for something. Yes, yes. The, the serial entrepreneur never sleeps, right? I love uh, it. Well, hopefully you do. Um, <laughs> but thank you so much. Everything you shared was, was so amazing and I think so relevant to multi-passionate women and, and mm -hmm. women trying to grow their own brands, whether they're in the, the hospitality or travel industry or not. I mean, everything you shared was just so on point. So mm -hmm. thank you so much, ladies. Do not forget to check the show notes, go stalk Brittany and yes. until the next time, everyone keep shining. Thank you so much for joining us on the She Shines podcast. Before you go, be sure you subscribe so you don't miss out on the next episode. Plus, we would love to hear what you enjoyed most. So share a takeaway and be sure to tag us at SheXShines. And lastly, please take a sec to leave a thoughtful review or pass this episode on to someone you feel could use it. Until next time, keep shining. Cheers, girlfriend.